Welcome to Slow the Fuck Down Show. Time to take a break from your fast-paced life. I'm sensuality coach Casey Hall. And I'm trauma healer Elizabeth Menzel. Each episode, we choose a theme and explore different stories, skills, and songs to help slow you down and lift you up throughout the pandemic and beyond. On today's episode, Slow the Fuck Down with Understanding Masculine and Feminine Energy, Couples Edition. Get cozy, grab your favorite beverage, and soak in our soothing support. By the end of the episode, you'll walk away with practical skills that actually work. If you haven't listened to Slow the Fuck Down with Masculine and Feminine Energy Solo Edition, go ahead and do that first because we explain the difference in detail And it's been our experience that you have to understand masculine and feminine energy within yourself first before you can understand it in someone else. So if you're ready to explore how understanding the masculine and feminine energy dynamics of a relationship can help make your life easier, we dedicate today's show to you. One thing that I've learned is that when your relationship is good, it's not the hardest part of your life. And when your relationship is off, It affects everything. It takes up all of the conversations that you have. You think about it at work. It's like this cloud that just kind of encompasses everything and follows you around. That is definitely how it was for me when my relationships are off. It was like all I could talk about. And so one of the ways to make it good or help it be better is to understand the masculine and feminine energy dynamics. Totally. It truly made a big difference for me because (laughs) my relationship history is fraught with a lot of drama, with a lot of me ignoring my needs. I mean, I didn't even know I had any needs. So then I was a total doormat in relationship. And then I would get so depressed and or so angry about being a doormat that then I would be really aggressive. So I would go between this negative feminine energy being submissive as opposed to surrendered is the healthy part of feminine energy. So I would be submissive or aggressive, submissive or aggressive. And I would just keep bouncing between those two. Aggressive is the unhealthy masculine energy. Assertive is the healthy masculine energy. The way way submission and aggression or surrender and assertion play out in a relationship is two totally different worlds. (laughs) Because now I'm in a relationship where both my partner and I are very aware of the masculine and feminine energy flows inside of us and with each other. I think it's important to know up front that the most important thing to the masculine energy inside all of us is freedom going it alone. And the feminine energy inside all of us is all about relationship and connection. So knowing those two things is so helpful. For example, a really great way that Dale and I have fun with our masculine and feminine energy flows is when we are giving a party. There's aspects of giving a party that that I'm good at and aspects that he's good at. For example, he's way better with food. So he can actually have fun preparing the food and really be in his feminine energy with it. Really be like super creative and come up with cute ideas and he can arrange it on the plates in really beautiful ways. And even though I'm a heavily feminine energy person, I am not good at that. And he does it in this like super fun feminine energy way. And so when he's doing that, I'm getting the whole house in order. First, I go through like in my masculine energy and I'm making sure everything's in the right place. 
And then I might shift into my feminine energy and start making everything really beautiful with these like flourishes and touches of flowers and getting the same color glassware together in an arrangement. And as I shift into my feminine, and let's say he's done with the food, he'll start setting up the bar in a really organized way. So he shifts more into his masculine. The last time that we did this, we noticed how wordlessly and effortlessly we do this. It just automatically happens. When you exaggerate either your masculine or your feminine energy, the partner often responds by going into the opposite because he and I are so conscious of keeping our polarity alive. And polarity is that magnetic energy between two people, that sexual, sensual, romantic, passionate energy. And I think because we're so aware of it, we can really easily flow between masculine and feminine energy while we're doing this task together. Now, it doesn't always play out that way with other tasks. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, Elizabeth? In the past, and we haven't done it for a while because it didn't work out, but like in the past when he would try to help me with business stuff, which he's phenomenal at, and the truth is I wanted his help, we would get into arguments. The masculine energy in us relates by challenging analyzing, getting to these really mental, heady discussions. But as a couple, if you're both in that masculine energy, it really often leads to arguments. Now, I can tell that Dale and I have come a long way because the last time that he tried to help me with my business a few months ago, it went really well. I could really be in, in that feminine energy receptive mode and let him teach and guide me. And we didn't have any fights. It actually went really well. But that was because I was able to get out of my masculine energy and into my feminine energy and receive what he was trying to give me instead of fight and challenge. And that fight and challenge is so ingrained in us. And I think a lot of our problem solving techniques go right to masculine energy. And so something comes up and then all of a sudden there's this challenge, there's this competition, there's this analyzing, and it's really hard to find a common ground or find a solution. Yes, exactly. And because we live in this patriarchal society and we are all used to, whether we're men or women, we all have a default to function throughout our daily lives in that masculine energy, to go, 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 to do, to analyze, to get shit done. That can become a problem if you're both in that mode and you're in a romantic relationship and one of you, it doesn't have to be the woman, but one of you doesn't know how or isn't willing or skilled at purposefully shifting to your feminine energy for the good of the romantic fire of the relationship, then you will get caught being kind of functional, dry, just getting through your day, plodding along, everything starts to feel like a chore or you go on automatic pilot and that juicy fire gets missing from your relationship. I found when I've 
too much in my masculine with a partner who's too much in their masculine, there's this dynamic of nagging that almost comes up. Like I, I, I feel like I'm asking for what I want, but because I'm not able to actually receive, then it just turns into this, like, I'm asking, I'm trying to, you know, tell you what I want. I'm, I'm expressing my, my needs, but I'm, there's no room to actually let them be met. And so it just kind of turns into this nagging dynamic. Nothing is sexy to me about that nagging dynamic, or I feel like I'm almost, it's like, you know, mother child. Yes. And the mother child dynamic is a very common dynamic that couples fall into unknowingly. You're not doing it on purpose, but one partner can end up treating the other like a child instead of like their lover. And that's a really easy trap to fall into. I see it. I hear it all the time. And also, Casey, what you just said was I've seen over and over again in my trauma healing practice, which is women really trying to work on themselves and ask for their needs to be met and speak up for themselves. But the energy flow is going outward and they don't yet feel safe enough inside themselves because of their past traumas, because past relationships have really done their head in and they've had just such a tough time relating that they don't feel safe enough to open up and receive what the other might have to give them. Trauma blocks our ability to be able to receive. So you've got to be safe within yourself and really have a level of trust with the other so that you can express your needs, but not in the form of a demand, in the form of I'm owning myself, I'm centered within myself, I'm not demanding you meet my needs, I'm letting you know what my needs are, and can we come up with a way that we both get our needs met within this relationship? A wonderful client of mine just went through years into the relationship realizing that their needs don't match. You know, one has a need for a lot of physical touch and physical presence and attention. And the other one just doesn't have a need for that. So even though it's been requested, doesn't think or know how to, to give it. And it's not really important to them. In my own relationship, my man had a need for words of affirmation, and I had kind of <laughs> trained myself out of giving words of affirmation to men because I was so worried about building up their ego. Mm. And can you explain words of affirmation? Yeah. So telling him how great he is, because he is, but like acknowledging and letting him know that I think he's wonderful. So saying things like, hey, babe, you know what I love about you? I love that you always take a moment to look into my eyes when I walk into the room. And I did love that about him, but I wouldn't tell him. Or, you know, you know what I love about you? I love that you love to read good books. I love how smart you are. I love that you're such a great ally to women. You know, there's so many things that I love about him, but he needed to hear me say it. The, the last two people I had been with had narcissistic personality disorder. So I had really trained myself out of doing anything that might stroke their ego. But it's not about stroking his ego. It's about stoking the fire of passion and attraction between us. And what's so funny is now we've been together for 13 years and he was always good at giving words of affirmation in the beginning of our relationship. And I didn't really care about it because <laughs> it wasn't a need of mine. But now that he's been doing it so long, if he stopped doing it, it would really bum me out. <laughs> 
And I love this topic because there's so much to it. It's so rich. And I think at the core of it, most couples want to be better. They want to improve things that you just mentioned, like feeling safe, getting your needs met, uh, understanding your partner's love language, all play into this dance of masculine and feminine energy. Absolutely. I mean, now I really feel it from my heart every day, letting my partner know how I appreciate him and I'm grateful for him. It doesn't feel like an ego thing at all. It feels like an absolute love thing. I say the words from my heart, like my heart is speaking to him. And I love it now. <laughs> you know, it's it's become a, a vital part of keeping our relationship juicy and romantic. So me feeling into my heart, feeling into my love, and genuine appreciation for him. That's my feminine energy. And then giving that to him, gifting that with him, for him, you know, and then him taking that in because he does, he really takes it into his heart too. It's one of the ways that we nourish and feed the love energy between us. And some of our slowdown listeners might be like, yeah, that sounds great. But how do I get my needs met? Like, how do I do that in a way that allows for that masculine and feminine energy flow? And if you've been listening to us a while, you're not going to be surprised to hear that the answer of that is drumroll, nonviolent communication. NVC, baby. <laughs> NVC is a dialogue structure that gives you the ability to have the clarity of what your needs are. Clarity is a very masculine trait. And it also allows you to talk about your emotions, which is a very feminine energy trait. Elizabeth and I use this all the time. I use it with my family, I use it with my friends, I use it in my partnership. Yeah, every fucking day we use NVC. <laughs> <laughs> every day, every day. It's 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 the magical structure that makes life easier. It does. It makes communication so much easier. I teach it to all my clients. It's on all of my healing programs um, and everyone gets so much out of it. When I started using it in my own life and relationships, I will say the two biggest things that shifted how I relate in my romantic relationships is learning nonviolent communication and learning masculine and feminine energy flows. Two biggest things. And NVC gives me the structure to organize my feelings, thoughts, needs, emotions, so that I can express them in a way that the other person doesn't feel blamed and can actually receive me. I can receive them. So it teaches you how to speak and how to listen through your heart empathetically. So it's the best conflict resolution tool I know. And honestly, when you get good at it, barely any conflict comes up anymore. The other day, Dale and I got into an argument, which happens so rarely, but there's one thing where our needs just don't match. And when this particular topic comes up, we have an argument. And because of NVC, I like could take that step back and be like, you know what? We can't have this talk because I need more information before being able to have this talk with you without getting mad at each other. Huh. So my request is that we spend this week getting more information and then come back and try this talk another time when we're both more informed, right? So it gave me that ability to, to navigate this conflict in a way that actually honored us both. It's, it's like it, it addresses it. You get to share what you're needing and then what your, what your request is. Yeah. And then they get to agree to the request or not, right? So like he tried to push it. <laughs> 
took a deep breath. I used my five steps to center myself. I gave myself, because, you know, when you're triggered or you're angry, like you want to go on that aggressive attack, right? <laughs> Where we're both in our masculine and we're both like <laughs> attacking each other. And I just came back inside myself, got more centered, right? Got more into my feminine and set a boundary. I was like, no, I'm not going to keep talking to you about this until we both have a lot more information. You know, we have this thing about being aware of masculine and feminine energy. I'm like, it's not building the love between us. So I'm going to let it go for now. And there's, there's something to that safety and that trust that you're both responsible for building that in the relationship. You're both responsible for being respectful and being on the same team, not treating the other person as your adversary or your enemy. And he could come back to that. You know, he could he would be like, okay, okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, we'll get more information and then we'll come back. It's like, great. And then we can be back in harmony again. Yeah, you talked about the importance of polarity in regards to masculine and feminine energy. And for me and my partner, a big part of polarity is space. Both of us require a lot of space just as individuals. But I remember in the early parts of our relationship, just like stating the importance of having time apart from one another to pursue our own interests. But what we found is actually having that time apart is really crucial for for the polarity and for our intimate life because the polarity and the space apart actually creates more of a desire to be together when we are. Yeah, I think it's really hard for most couples to navigate the space apart, time together dynamic of an intimate romantic relationship. Dale and I both require space and we've done really well in the pandemic because it's just two of us in a big four bedroom house. So it's been really easy for both of us to get our own space and to even create that distance within this time where we're now at the, the year, we're just about at the year marker point of being inside. And uh, we've been really strict during the pandemic. So we have been mostly in this house the entire time. And I'm so grateful because, you know, we used to share a studio apartment and for many years we shared a tiny one bedroom apartment and it would be much harder to to get the space needed if we were in that tiny space. But we may, we've really made it work here, just like you and your man have. But it's funny, you know, because that, that need for space also changes throughout the relationship. I remember when Dale and I were first together, I was staying over at his apartment a lot and I remember I had been there for like two or three days <laughs> and I was like, okay, especially dudes need space and, you know, understanding that the masculine energy in all of us is freedom and so you know I packed up my stuff and and went home and he came home from work and I wasn't there and he, he calls me and he goes where are you and I said well I'm going back to my house and he goes why and I said well you know I wanted to give you some space and he goes I don't want space I don't need space it's stupid if you're not with me oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I laughed then like I'm laughing now because we still use it he said it last night to me when we were in bed he was just like see it's just stupid if you're not with me <laughs> but we do it in a very not a codependent way but that was like the beginning of our conversation about how much space and togetherness time do we need so that led to a really conscious discussion about togetherness time and apart time and what I really appreciate about us too is when we travel 
of course, you're together like 24 hours a day when you're traveling together. And we're also fine then. Like we don't have any problems. And if he wants to go see something that I don't want to go see, I'm like, okay, well, you go do that. And I'm going to go do something else. Like we, we navigate that really well. So I'm so glad you brought that into the conversation because I think a lot of people have a hard time with that. It creates a lot of conflict. And one of the biggest contributors to divorce is conflict, arguing. And so having that NVC down and negotiating your time apart and time together are really great ways to have a harmonious yet passionate relationship. And I really like how you describe feminine energy as wanting to connect and the masculine energy as wanting freedom, because I think understanding that, for me at least, helps make it less personal you know so you can understand that people have we all have both of those energies within us and we're at different points wanting freedom and wanting connection just like our partners are and when you understand that when your partner says hey i need a guys weekend or a girls weekend you're not taking it personally it's like yeah go have your freedom like that's that's just a natural part of that masculine energy flow and vice versa. You know, when someone's speaking from their feminine and they're saying that they're desiring more connection, it's not that you're an insufficient partner because you're not giving them enough connection. It's just part of a natural desire that comes with that energy. Yes, definitely. There's also a dark side to wanting connection and freedom. The dark side of wanting connection is when you're disconnected from yourself and you're trying to get that feeling of connection through another person and you're very clingy and needy. Now, we're all needy. We're human and therefore we have needs. So <laughs> I'm talking about that really clingy clinginess. Like, I can't do it on my own. I have to have you with me. So that that's the dark side of the feminine energy in relationship. And then the dark side of masculine energy in relationship, that freedom is when someone can't handle intimacy and close connection and they got to get the hell out of here. You know, it's like a flight response. They can't handle that closeness and connection. We started off by sharing about the super healthy way to do it, but there's also a dark side like everything in this dualistic human realm of existence that we live in. Wait, everything has a dark and light side. <laughs> Say what now? What? <laughs> it's hard enough figuring out one of them. Now I have to learn the opposite. And so the way that masculine and feminine energy play out in the polarity of sexual intimacy is top and bottom. Yeah, I like that you brought up top and bottom because I think um, the positions that we prefer can clue us into a little bit more of, you know, are we in our masculine energy or in, are we in our feminine energy? Because if you have two people who are leading with their feminine energy, then it's not going to feel as electric in the same thing with two people leading with their masculine energy. There has to be the giver and the receiver in order for it to feel like it's in that flow state. Right. And as a reminder, it's never about if you're the man or the woman. It's about which energy flow are you using. So are you the pursuer or the initiator of sex? Or are you, you know, more in that surrendered and wanting to be led space? And we can change back and forth all the time. Even during sex, that dynamic energy flow where I'm on top, then he's on top. You don't have to stay stuck in one, but you have to be one or the other in order for there to be a sexual energy charge. Because if you're both in the feminine, what happens is you get really cuddly and kissy and even very sensual, but you're not going to get the sexual peak and excitement. 
It'll stay in this more cuddly vibe until one of you is willing to take the masculine pull and be more directive with your energy. My partner is very passionate and romantic and sometimes will be in the living room and he'll grab me and he'll kiss me so passionately and it's so sexy and then we'll keep kissing and I'm like okay one of us needs to take the masculine one of us either needs to lead the other one to the bedroom because <laughs> I'm not just gonna stand here in the middle of the living room kissing you indefinitely sometimes I'll just take it or I'll say like if it's a middle especially if it's the middle of the day like how much time you got <laughs> is one of the ways that I introduce direction, right? It's just the direction. It's not about taking control. It can be, but it's really about directing it. So I might say like, how much time you got? And he'll be like, oh, I've got a, I've got a good 40 minutes. And I'll be like, let's go, right? So I've directed it. Or if I want to be more in my feminine and I want to invite him more into his masculine to make the directive energy happen for him, I might say something like, oh, baby, you're so hot. And that invites him into the masculine. I am surrendering to him, especially for him because he's such a male ally and he's done so much work with domestic violence and he's really aware of respecting and honoring women. He never in any way wants to be like predatory towards me. You know, he always wants to be so respectful that he never wants to use a force or a push energy for sex. And I think a lot of really conscious men who are very woke and great allies for women struggle with that issue where they just don't want to be pushy. They so much want to have your permission. So, you know, in that case, like I just give a little bit more direction and decide to take that masculine energy pole or really default into my feminine very consciously with my words, with my eyes, with my touch really sensuously giving him permission to step into his masculine more. I, I love that you bring that side of it in there too, because I, I work with a lot of conscious men and I have so much love and compassion for them because they receive these these messages that they're supposed to be these like directive sex gods and masters in the bedroom. And at the same time, they have to be very consensual and conscious and aware of... Sensitive to the other's potential traumas. Exactly. And they're dealing with the fact that sexual abuse and the numbers primarily are against men because men are the perpetrators. And so they're dealing with a lot of very real fears and trauma that women have picked up from other men. And so it's this it's this really delicate dance. And I love that you brought it to the conversation because it, it's not talked about a lot. What we normally see is the unhealthy masculine archetype that has no idea what foreplay yeah. is, how long it should be, yeah. and often presents itself in like every Netflix show and movie out out there where you see them and they get home and literally two minutes later they're having sex and you're just sitting there going wait a second no that's not how sex works right it look look at porn I mean that that's not how sex works like being a love sex and relationship coach and just being steeped in this work for so long I can't even watch scenes like that anymore and find any pleasure or interest in them because they're so unrealistic and they're so one-sided 
They, they don't at all demonstrate the dance of the masculine and feminine. They just represent some like patriarchal, unhealthy, over-masculinized, toxic masculinity that's been put into this template that for some reason just continues to be repeated, even though it's unrealistic and it's often very empty and shallow in its results. Yeah. And you know, men don't have a lot of good role models for what healthy masculinity is, for what healthy masculine sex is. I get frustrated that the dance of masculine and feminine energy is not common knowledge. Well, 10 years ago, I taught high school sex education in a variety of different schools. Uh, so I got to see what the different curriculums look like. And they were all the same. They all just promoted STDs, which are now STI, sexually transmitted infection. It's no longer disease. The dangers of pregnancy and slut shaming. That's a great curriculum. Oh, fuck. We're, we're doomed. <laughs> right. But I will say, you know, again, be, being in this field, there's some pretty amazing resources out there right now for kids. I have friends who are parents and are raising kids in very sex positive, conscious ways. So it is shifting. But for a lot of us, there's a lot of relearning and re rewiring that needs to occur around how to incorporate masculine and feminine energy into a, a healthy sexual intimacy. But as you know, Casey and I could go so far down the rabbit hole with all of this. We both have been steeped and very well educated in all of these things. So this is just sort of a primer and introduction. And I want to repeat not to get caught up in men are masculine and masculine energy and women are feminine and feminine energy. I used to know this couple in London and she was such a masculine energy woman and she was the breadwinner. She worked at a Fortune 500 company, had this really high level job. And I'm so happy because she found her perfect partner. She found this man who just wanted to be a house husband. And he was so amazing at taking care of their home, cooking. They didn't have any pets, but they had a lot of plants. <laughs> and just creating this really nurturing environment. And they were such a positive, awesome couple. They were both living their best life. They were both doing what they wanted to be doing and honoring their natural propensities within themselves and with each other. And in their sex life, they would trade off. That dynamic would go back and forth between them. She wasn't always the top in bed. She would often be in a more surrendered feminine. So she got to really experience that part of her own self, her feminine nature during sex. And he got to be really like hot and fiery and directive in bed. So they both got to experience their masculine and feminine energy dance very dynamically and palpably in that relationship. But I was not in a healthy relationship at that time, and I really looked up to them. Elizabeth, do you know how long it takes the average woman to become aroused enough to have sex? I know because my genius friend, healthy sensuality coach Casey Hall, told me. I think you're going to make four billion women very happy when they hear this statistic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and also hopefully normalize their experience and their partner's experience. It takes between 20 and 40 minutes for female erectile tissue to become engorged and aroused enough to the point where a woman is ready for sex. What? Did you get that, ladies and gentlemen? Did you get that? <laughs> 
Did 8 billion people just breathe a sigh of relief? It's true. I also don't want people thinking that, oh, well, it's been 20 or 40 minutes and I'm not wet, so there's something wrong with me because that's not the case either. A lot of people experience something called arousal non-concordance. And arousal non-concordance is the phenomenon when your psychological arousal does not match your physical arousal. I am positive people can relate to that. Yes, and it's normal. And again, I've never seen in any show or movie a partner stop and go, hey, babe, is there something different that you're needing in order to be more turned on right now? (laughs) (laughs) But in a healthy sexual relationship, that is normal. I haven't seen it normalized. I haven't seen it shown. And so I'm hoping, my hope is that people listening to this um, can be a little bit kinder to themselves and maybe more understanding of themselves and their partners so that they can allow this masculine and feminine flow to be there and let it be imperfect and not hold yourself in comparison to some completely unrealistic standard of what we think sex should look like. Yeah, and what we even think arousal should look like. Part of the foreplay I enjoy with my partner is talking, pillow talk, where we're laying really close and we're talking to each other. And sometimes we're only talking about silly things like movies. And sometimes we are talking about important things, but that's part of the foreplay for me. You know, the feminine gets a lot of satisfaction out of having intimately emotional conversations. So that definitely works as part of my foreplay. And my partner will even say to me sometimes, hey, baby, is this conversation working for you? And I'm like, oh, yeah, (laughs) because because he gets he he got the statistic from Casey. (laughs) So like he was already a great lover and we didn't have problems in that arena. But like now he has this deeper mental understanding that he really honors and he doesn't feel like he's doing something wrong. And I don't feel like I'm doing something wrong because we understand that this is a very real thing. That's beautiful. And that's part of your psychological arousal. Right. Yeah, and we're doing it at the same time that that we are also nude, our bodies are close, we're under the sheets, we start filling each other up. Like it's, it, it, we really bring the psychological and the physical together. It's been helpful to have that statistic. You know what one of my psychological arousal factors is? Hmm. When he does the dishes. <laughs> Dale calls it showing my love through dishes. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about cleaning and I'm like, oh yeah, babe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So working for me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So yeah, so it it gets to look, it gets to look so many different ways and everybody listening to this has their own different definition of that, but just keep it in mind. It's all important. Well, Casey and I have a lot more to share about this and we are going to go into our slowdown skills, but I'm going to tease you a little bit and say that we will be offering virtual group programs in 2021 and we will take you far down the feminine and masculine energy dynamics and how they play out in relationship. So stay tuned because we know you're going to want to get yourself into that. And another way to really get in touch with how your masculine and feminine energy feel inside of you is to come to the Nonlinear Movement Method class. That is the somatic movement class. 
that releases trauma from your cells and gets you resensitized to how you're feeling inside. Classes are the second and third Saturday of each month, and you can go to thehappywomanacademy.com slash NLMM class to get your tickets. The class on the second Saturday of the month is free for essential workers. Just go to that site, thehappywomanacademy.com slash NLMM class and click on the button for essential workers. Hey, Slowdown fans. It's me, Mother Nature. I'm in an intimate relationship with all of the trees in my forest. My roots represent my feminine energy. They extend six times my length into the ground and allow me to communicate with my fellow trees miles and miles away. So even though you can't see my deep, vast inner workings, it's still there supporting my trunk, leaves, and all of the creatures that live in me that you can see. Just like you, what goes on in my inner world supports my outer world, and both my feminine and masculine energy keep me growing strong. Thank you, Mother Nature. And now for your slowdown skill. You're going to have an opportunity right now to practice feeling what masculine and feminine energy feels like inside your body. This is a new skill for a lot of people, and our bodies are constantly giving us signs and signals. And so when we can really tune into what they're doing, it helps us figure out, am I in my feminine? Am I in my masculine? And what I want you to do is just to become very aware of the sensations that come up in your body. So there could be a tightness, there could be a relaxation of the muscles, there could be a warmth, a coolness. You could find your body leaning one way or the other or forwards or backwards. There's no right or wrong. You're just approaching this with curiosity and allowing your body to respond in whatever way that it does. If you can safely close your eyes, do it. Take an inhale in. Exhale out. Now imagine that you're going throughout your day in a flow state. Everything's just kind of working out with a funness and a lightness. Are your movements flowy? Do you feel more in your body or more in your head? What images or senses are there? When I'm in my feminine energy, I notice that there's this excited kind of excitement feeling that um, is right in my heart. And it's kind of like this like little playful desire to just stop what I'm doing and just go have fun and go play or dance or be outside and be in nature um, to really slow down and be super present. So if that's sipping a cup of tea, really being present and smelling what the tea smells like and feeling the warmth on my fingers, uh, thoroughly enjoying the taste of that tea. And I like to be more cuddly. I like to wrap myself in blankets. It's like a very cozy feeling to me. And another way that I know that I'm in my feminine energy is when I get these like creative sparks of inspiration where all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I have an idea and I have to go draw it or write it down. 
and I just let my artsy side come out. So that's some of the ways that I feel when I'm in my feminine energy. How does it feel inside your body to be in your feminine energy? Now imagine that you get up in the morning and you look at your calendar and you just start going about your day and checking the things off the list. You know what you're going to do. You're doing it in the time that you planned to do it. Your day is organized and you're very productive. You end your day and there's a sense of accomplishment. How does that feel inside your body? What do you notice? I know when I'm in my masculine, I tend to lean forward more. And then when I'm in my feminine, I tend to lean back more. When I'm in my masculine, I notice that there's this like steady stream of energy that I have to go from task to task to task to task. And it feels good while I'm doing it. I notice I don't feel very emotional, but I have a lot of mental clarity. I notice that my posture is better, that I actually um, sit up straighter when I'm in my masculine. I'm a really good multitasker, but I don't multitask well when I'm in my masculine. When, when I'm really focused, it's kind of hilarious, but when I'm really focused and in my masculine energy, sometimes it's so strong where I'm just like getting shit done and Dale will be in a totally different far part of the house and he will feel it and he will like walk into my office and be like what are you doing <laughs> and he's like totally in his feminine and he will say this like you look really cute right now <laughs> i love it <laughs> and he'll like play with my hair or tease me or, like he just totally goes into his feminine like it polarizes him so strongly it's hilarious well and it's funny because i noticed that when jay's in his masculine i'm super in my feminine like i'm just like i'll come up and i'll be like mm, wanna play very cutesy sometimes like rub against him like a cat and he's just like what are you doing and i'm like I, there's just something about like him and his masculine that i i totally go to my feminine and i love it it's very playful yeah you get polarized for sure often when he's in his masculine i just leave him alone but i think that's conditioning to not bug the man i think that's pure conditioning now when he's in his masculine but not working when he's just really focused then i'm super in my feminine and i want to be around him and sometimes when i'm really in my feminine i get giggly i get a little spacey that's when we're like really polarized and just everything is about touching him and being touched and kissing him. And it's a very deeply sensual space where there is not a lot of thought. It's awesome. <laughs> but of course, that that is highly demonized in our society. So slow down, fans. We're super curious to see how what comes up for you during this exercise? And now that you're aware of it, how does it affect you and your partner? There's so much to know and to teach around this that we just wanted to give you a slowdown skill where you could just start to become aware of it. Just become more aware of how it feels inside of you when you're in your masculine energy or in your feminine energy and what you do because you've got to be super aware of it and when you are 
that's when you can really start to consciously shift into one or the other to increase the attraction between you and your partner. And Casey and I are awesome at helping you do that. And since really getting to know your masculine and feminine energy and how it plays out in relationships can be super tricky, go ahead and set up a free consultation with each of us at slowthefdownshow.com. And now for our slowdown playlist. Elizabeth, what's your slowdown song for this episode? So I was trying to pick a slowdown song, and this is a little bit of a science experiment, slowdown fans. You can go to our Slow the F Down Show Facebook page and get a link to this Activate Tantric Sexual Energy Sacral Chakra Healing Binaural Beats Meditation Music. Can you say that again, please? <laughs> I can't. I really, really can't. Okay. <laughs> Listen to that. It's at 417 hertz and i want to know what you feel if you feel anything i had it on for a while and i will say that i felt very relaxed i didn't feel a lot of sexual energy but hey that's just me i did feel super relaxed so i would love to know how you feel when you listen to it and uh let us know on our facebook page casey what's your slowdown song so my slowdown song is by james taylor I love the flow of his music, and it just reminds me of this movement between masculine and feminine. But the song is called Something in the Way She Moves. Oh, yes. That's a beauty. And our slow down fan song pick is by Brian Agustinelli, and the song is called I Am by Michael Franti. Michael Franti's music, Brie introduced me to it, and it's so upbeat. It's kind of one of those ones where... I would play it if I had people over because it has an upbeat vibe, but at the same time is kind of slow enough to be chill. So it's kind of that mixture between the two, but I really, really love his music. Kind of a mixture between the masculine and the feminine, would you say? Perhaps. Thanks, Brie. Thanks, Brie. And Slowdown fans, you know, we need more Slowdown songs. So please comment on our Facebook page where you see the post for the Slowdown songs. It'll help us so much for our future episodes. Okay, so Elizabeth, what was your favorite part of today's show? I love talking about kindling your romantic fire in your relationship. It's really something that has been so healing for me. And 13 years in, my passion for my partner and his passion for me is still strong. And we kindle the fire every day. Sharing about that's my favorite part. What's your favorite part of today's show, Casey? I really just appreciated talking about this topic. In the beginning, I said, you know, when your relationship is good, it's not the hardest part of your life. And relationships are challenging. There's there's so much to it. They're wonderful. They're challenging. There's so many things. And you have two people who are constantly changing in a relationship that's constantly changing. And understanding how masculine and feminine energy play a role in that, it's just a helpful tool it just it makes that whole process easier and so I just really enjoyed talking about that on our next episode is the season two finale slow the fuck down with slowing the fuck down yay thank you for listening and enjoy your slowdown if you love our show please take one minute right now and leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to our podcast you have no idea how much this helps us thank you so much and remember, Elizabeth and I offer one-on-one -on -one sessions. Go to slowthefdownshow.com to schedule your free consultation.